Welcome to Witch Yes, a podcast for casual conjurings, witches in trading, and gargoyles, psychics, witches. I'm Alicia Herder. And I'm Tara Keck. Did she hypnotize you? <laughs> Have you been hypnotized? And they're all like, no. No. No, Mom. They were actually really nice people. Isn't that a shame? It's so sad. 2007 was a tough time. Yeah. What was that? 2005? Yeah, probably. I mean, looking at that hair and those bangs with those earrings. Those teeth. Like, dentistry has truly gone a long way since then. Yeah. You can get new teeth for like $2,000. I don't know if it's that. (laughs) You're not getting good teeth. They're just the little like uh, party city fangs. (laughs) They just (laughs) paste them in your mouth. That's your $2,000 dentures, okay? Yeah, it's vampire fangs and like little white Tic Tacs that you have to replace yeah. every like couple of weeks. You actually become a human Pez dispenser. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Amazing. On today's episode, Miss Helen Duncan, Witches in the News, and a Ritual for Spiritual Growth. Because I need to grow that spirit. And I need to spirit that growth <laughs> off of my face. Ew. Baby, how are you? This is your second recording in your new apartment, and it is looking beautiful you have a bookcase behind you mm-hmm. we're getting some well no that's like a that's not a bookcase what do you see isn't it that wooden thing oh no that's just a cabinet a tall cabinet what the fuck that's okay we haven't been able to build the bookcases because we lost the screws but guess what today i found all the missing screws Where were they? They were in the bottom of a bag that had like (laughs) gloves and a scarf in it. So we were like, what are we going to do with this winter shit? So we didn't even look through the bag. That's so funny. And they were there the whole time, which means everything could have been built weeks ago. Wait, that's that's hilarious, though, because the winter shit is so um, shock resistant. You were like, let us put these precious screws I think I it was just a bag full of different things because at one point it's the Ralph Lauren bag where I would carry oh, the yes. microphone, the Zoom, everything. And so I think that was in there as well, like on top. And so I was like, oh, well, this bag is just going to go with us in my car wherever we need to go. Mm-hmm. So it'll be one of the first things into the new apartment. Mm-hmm. And it was. But that doesn't mean we remembered where we put the screws in this bag. Where if the audio equipment's on top, the middle is winter gear, and then the bottom is all the screws. We were like, well, we don't need anything from this bag. It's just winter stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, are we going to Aspen? Like, what is happening? Yeah. And Marcel did say he looked through every box, but I guess that means he did not look through every bag. He, he was being honest. He was being honest. And it's okay. He'll have to build everything, so. How, uh, how was Marcel's birthday? It was so much fun. We had a pool party. We bought two pies that we did not eat any of them at the pool party, which is fine. 
Uh, but it was just a good time. Good vibes. Chill. No one got sunburnt, which was amazing. It was just lots of fun. Ah, oh, that's great. Yeah. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. So I'm going to be, um, baby witches, I'm going to be in Dallas uh, the first weekend of October for the Dallas Other Art Fair. Um, so if you're interested in looking at some art, you are so welcome to come by uh, that first weekend in October. Oh, I didn't know about this. Yeah, yeah, spiritual growth. Yeah, 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 spiritual yeah, yeah, growth. Yeah. But also, you know what else is growing or what could be growing and what is absolutely growing? Yeah, what? The amount of Patreon episodes we have. We are approaching slowly, not slowly, rapidly with a with a pace that frightens us all. We are coming in hot to 100 Patreon episodes. We have over 36 hours of extra bonus content, including videos, top secret witchy tea, Woo. and more. I love it. That good, good goss and good, good information, okay? I have to say we are quite educational. Yeah, I would. Yeah, 100%. And we're really fun. And we're cute. Very cute. And more of the gossip goes on the Patreon. So last week, we dropped a nearly hour-long expose on a hollow earth swamp cult from the 1900s, which you, me, and the Patreon witches might be the only people in history, like, on the planet Earth that know about this cult. It was a pretty wild ride. And then next week is a listener episode about a topic that came up in our Forest Gods episode. So if you're a Patreon member, remember, you get to suggest episodes. If you have things you want to know about baby witches, Patreon is where to go. Yeah, what do you want to know about, you guys? Let us know. Because there's a million things we could be talking about. And there's a million things we have been talking about. Almost 100, exactly. Gotta focus us in on this focus group, this Patreon focus yeah, group. This Patreon book club. Mm-hmm. All right, baby. That's me. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Mrs. Helen Duncan. I know I said Miss earlier, but she's actually a Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. Helen Duncan. So this is a recommendation that you had. You came in, you said, should we talk about this? Where did you hear about this woman? Where did I hear about this woman? I think it was in one of our research, or it could have been... In one of my Witches in the News, I think it came through Witches in the News because I saw something pop up recently about Helen Duncan. And I was like, this bitch is famous for what? And I was like, slay, Helen, slay. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why don't we look into her? No one else knows about her. I didn't know about her. I know this bitch. Yeah. So this bitch, so I do not know, but I now know so much about her name is Helen Duncan, but she was born Victoria Helen McFarlane. Oh, McFarlane. She was born November 25th, 1897 in Colander, Scotland. And before we get into her astrology, this town of Colander is very cute. It's a charming. <laughs> I looked into it. I was like, first I went on to Happy Cow to see if we could eat there. We could have some chips, but it's so picturesque. It's on a little river with Ooh. a beautiful waterfall that leads to like these little lakes. It's like the Cotswold in England. It's like so beautiful little cottages with little thatch roofs. Oh, I love that. What could go wrong? It's idyllic. A fire could never start. No. A witch could never be born here. So Helen, she is a special kind of witch and that she is a quintuple Sagittarius. Oh, so she is trouble. She's a girl up to mischief. 
her sun, her moon, her Mercury, her Mars, and her Saturn are all in this dreaded fire sign. So all of the sort of locks and keys that were supposed to keep this woman in line were just thrown into the sea. Can you imagine dating her? That would be insane. No, but thankfully, we do have the language of a man who was married to her for a very, very long time. Oh, good. Her Venus is in Scorpio and her Jupiter is in Libra. So the thing about all this fire energy, Mm -hmm. which is Alicia and I can attest to, Sagittarius is not known for being uh, super concerned with consequences. Yeah. Or like (laughs) the little details or subtlety or responsibility. Like if a man's ever been like, I'm just going to pull out, he's probably a Sagittarius. (laughs) (laughs) Is it not true? It is. Yes, it is. Sagittarius, a Virgo is not using the pullout method. The Virgo is like checking your temperature to make sure you're not ovulating. He's checking the condom to make sure you didn't puncture holes in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He brought his own. He's doubling up. Yeah. (laughs) Sagittarius is, he's more concerned with like having a good time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And for some reason, Sagittarius have this infuriating, unshakable sense that everything It's just going to work out fine, even when there is absolutely no evidence of this. Which I have to love that. Like, I love the delusion. Yes. Like, we should all be a little bit more delusional. I like, it's probably better for your anxiety. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How can you have major depressive disorder if you're constantly optimistic? It sounds great. Yes. It's fun for your friend to date a Sagittarius and have that Sagittarius come to your birthday. Mm -hmm. And it's good for good gossip. Yes. You'll always hear a story. Excellent. They can't fucking stop talking for two Mm -hmm. fucking seconds. So that Venus in Scorpio, which is kind of a wild card inside all of this fire energy, is also interesting because while Venus is love and relationships, it's also what we value. So value knowing every little detail about someone, uh, manipulating them, getting to the core of an issue and living in these uh, dark, mysterious recesses of the taboo like that is very like scorpio venus energy it's also very fucking kinky and sexy right it is you know there was some weird shit going on in that in that bedroom oh yeah that woman's up to shit and she likes it oh she loves it kink queen her husband's just happy to be there yeah he's happy to be invited it's so true all right so helen's born goo goo gaga we're done Um, And much like the Helena Blavatsky's of the world, from a very early age, she starts to tell friends and family that she can see dead people, which is just the most horrifying thing you can do as a three-year-old child. (laughs) It really is. It's like no one wants that. No one wants that burden, that responsibility. No, no. And then they just like let it go. Like just kind of let it hang in the air. They don't try to explain it. It's like a fact. It's like the sky is blue. Uh, the eyeless woman watches us at night. How? (laughs) Actually. Like, okay. That is no Sagittarius energy here. (laughs) Good question. Uh, So there's a little bit of myth-making in all of this, but Helen would claim that her grandmother also had the gift and assured her that such powers are genuinely a gift to have, but they do need to be respected. And this respectable, special gift is something that Helen would take with her to school, where she would tell other classmates 
horrible prophecies about their deaths and the deaths of their loved ones. But were they true? That's what we need to know. We're going to get into some of the claims she made later and we could say, were they true? Yeah. The U.S. government has some ideas about it. After leaving school, Helen would go to work at the Dundee Royal Infirmary until the end of World War I. And at the age of 19, she would marry wounded World War I veteran Henry Duncan. So that's how she becomes a Duncan. And to Henry's credit, he stays with her through all of this. And, like, even when she's in prison, when she's going through the trial, Henry would write to local and state officials begging them to let his wife out, uh, citing her heart condition, how much she means to his children. Like It's because her heart is too big. Yeah, because she loves so hard. She loves so hard. With oh my that gosh. whip and that big dildo, she loves me so hard. <laughs> I miss her. He'd call her courageous, humble, and generous. And from what I can tell, like, their love is genuine. Like, there's nothing that says anything about affairs. Aww. Promiscuity. It's, it is just like a beautiful love story of a man that fell in love with a giant woman. Helen and Henry. True love. Not much is known about how Helen got into mediumship. It is said she was a clairvoyant who transitioned into a medium. So like Tara said, she sees dead people. But how she was like, yes, I should package this up and sell it for capitalism. We don't really know what led her to the jump. But I guess I have to assume Henry was supportive. Mm -hmm. That's a wild career trajectory to go on and have a husband not be supportive of that. But during the first half of the 20th century, Helen would travel throughout Britain and became known for her seances because this bitch was 100% a show woman. Oh, my God. Razzle dazzle. She's on the tables. Oh, she's on the table. She's everywhere in that room. She had a look. She's dressed in black and blindfolded. Oh, my. I know. King Queen. King Queen Helen Duncan. By 1926, she had bits and routines. And Helen was aided by her spirit guides. She had one named Albert, who comes up later, and then she had another one named Peggy, and they would help her reveal messages to the audience. So while blindfolded and talking to Albert, Helen would channel the spirits through the production of an ectoplasm coming out of her mouth. That fucking revolting. She like gags up ectoplasm. And the ectoplasm was said to disintegrate at the touch. And it was seen as physical evidence of Helen's power to communicate with the spirits of the dead because this shit just came out of her while she was doing her creepy channeling thing. And I'm convinced it's disgusting. Wait, okay, but you know that means that, like, they were touching her her little fucking barf shit. To make sure it's real. If that's like... Yeah, gross. But audiences loved her. They ate this shit up. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, second meal. Tea time. All about her. In 1928, this is where stuff starts to get a little more drama, more gossip. A photographer named Harvey Metcalf attended a series of her seances at her home. During one seance, he took various flash photographs of Helen and her you know, alleged materialization of spirits, including her spirit guide, Peggy. His photographs revealed that the spirits were kind of fake news. Since someone could 
look at the photographs in detail, like hold it in their hand, not just happen for like a quick second and then it's gone. They could see the Scooby-Doo monster of it all. Helen had used a doll made from a painted paper mache mask draped in an old sheet as her spirit guide, Peggy. So she has like these little props going on. She's playing with puppets. She's really like getting into your imagination. And you're probably going into a seance in, you know, the early 1900s being like, I, I don't, I don't believe. But if there was one thing that happened, you'd be like, oh, my God, I believe. And you'd be so on edge just from the experience yeah. that you're probably yes. more likely just to believe whatever shit you see. And the photos are fascinating. They're very funny. They're they're so interesting to look at because it's like so obvious that these things are fake. But then you kind of can imagine that if you saw them in really low light mm -hmm. and you're like a widow because your husband died during World War One. And you're desperate to contact him to find out where he hid his golden teeth. Like, like there is a part of you that wants to believe, right? Yeah. And photographs still weren't like a mainstream thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So not everyone could see photographs all the time. So they might be like, is it real? Is it not real? You can play a little bit more with that. But this kind of opened the floodgates. So the haters just kept rolling in after this experience. In 1931... The London Spiritualist Alliance, they're on the case now, and they wanted to look into what Helen was doing. And they all wanted to know, is this ectoplasm that Helen gags up during every performance, is it real? Is it real ectoplasm? And, you know, with enough sleuthing, they figured it out. Her ectoplasm was just a cheesecloth with paper mixed into it, like a paper mache with the egg whites and toilet paper stuck together. It's like a mishmash of different things. And I can't even imagine Ugh. what toilet paper was like in fucking 1931. Oh, thin, but also coarse at the same time, I feel like. Like worse than one ply toilet paper. Yeah. One of Helen's tricks was to swallow it and regurgitate the ectoplasm. So she would swallow it before the performance or maybe if there was a break in the performance and she had to like go behind a partition or something that she would like stuff it down and like kind of like how the fire breathers get their I don't even yeah. know how it works but they get their throats prepared to breathe fire mm -hmm. disgusting okay they, they chant to Satan yes. collectively in a circle before one seance the London Spiritualist Alliance persuaded Helen to swallow a tablet of methylene blue and I had to look up what this fucking methylene blue is even about. And let me tell you, I'm not a doctor. I still don't know what it's about. But if ingested, it can stain the shit inside of you blue. Methylene blue. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So when Helen inevitably barfs up her ectoplasm during the show, it'll be stained blue. Unless, you know, it's actually real. And if yeah. it's actually real and isn't like a proper gag, then it won't be blue. But if she's fooling us, then it will be blue. So what do you think happened during that seance? It came out blue. This bitch didn't do it. She just kept she, it in her. She's like, <laughs> catch me if you can, coppers. She's like, there's no fucking way you're going to get me. <laughs> she's like, I have to use the restroom. She's like, thank you for coming. <laughs> Shakes a hand, barfs real fast. Uh, can we speak uh, just so briefly about the fact that this like sandpaper prison toilet paper that this woman is like ingesting and 
and regurgitating daily that the inside of her mouth must be so smooth that she must give the most exquisite blowjobs in all of history. And that must be why Henry stayed with her. Do you think it'd be smooth, though? Like, wouldn't it, like, really aggravate the inside of your mouth and, like, make it oh, more... sores. Yes, yeah, sores. Because it's acid. Yeah. Oh. Or, like, how far... Is there, like... Is it, like, a tampon? It goes down so far and there's a little string and she has to, like, flick it with her tongue to get it out or something? I don't know. Like, how far back is it? She's got a false tooth. She, like, unhooks. It's, like, connected. Like, when Mr. Krabs, like, puts, like, the little quarter in the vending machine, he's got a little string attached to his claw. Yes. Pulls it back out. Like a little game. I don't know. But, okay, actually, this reminds me. Literally, Artemis did this earlier today. She I popped this- out her false tooth. No. <laughs> but she kind of did the Helen Duncan gag. She was eating a feather from, like, a pink boa that I have. And... <laughs> It looked like there was just a little bit of feather in her mouth. And Marcel's like, no, get her. And so he has to like hold her head. And I take the little feather and out comes this long bit of feather. And it's all plastic. But (laughs) she was, we call it goblin mode because she was straight up like, like trying to eat it as fast as she could. Because it was just. It's ingrained in her body like this is a part of a bird and this is how I eat a bird right now. It was the dumbest shit. And if she were in this room, she'd be so embarrassed that I'm telling her story to everyone. (laughs) But she's sleeping right now, so it's okay. Oh, my God. Okay, baby witches, at Artemis City Cat and let her know that you know. (laughs) No, don't embarrass her. That is so vile. It was crazy. Um... So this happens with the ectoplasm. <laughs> Move on. Yes, I'm, I'm too aware of my esophagus. But this kind of made the London Spiritualist Alliance believe that they were right because they're like, this bitch did it on purpose. Like now we have no proof. So they concluded that the material was swallowed by Mrs. Duncan at some time previous to the sitting and then subsequently regurgitated by her for the purpose of exhibition. So they're really just trying to debunk her at every turn, which I don't really understand because they're called the London Spiritualist Alliance and this sounds like you hate women. Yeah, I mean, this is fair. The, uh, the, the Spiritualist Alliance is not really aligning with the spiritualist uh, agenda. No, not at all. It's like we shouldn't be debunking the spiritualist agenda. It's more like the uh, spiritualist access powers. Like the Spiritualist London Alliance should be like spiritual marketing, if anything. Yeah. yeah. So oh, they just didn't have their priorities in the right place. Then let's fast forward to November 1941. So what are we doing? We're jumping 10 years. 10 years. Helen's been on her shenanigans. Mm-hmm. She's got bangs. You know, she's a new woman. She's got six kids. We don't know when she had six kids, but she's been busy. November 1941, literally during World War II. The war is happening. They're in Britain. The war is happening. The the Blitz happened like two seconds ago. It's crazy. Or is Portsmouth in Britain or Scotland? Do you remember? Portsmouth, I think, is in Scotland. Okay, so we're in Scotland, but the war is happening. But they're right next to Britain, and it all might have been Great Britain at that time. I don't really know. It's all UK. The kingdom remains united. Sometimes. On certain aspects. On some days. Depending on who's queen. 
But she held a seance at Portsmouth in Scotland when she claimed the spirit of a sailor came to her and told her that the HMS Barham ship had been sunk. Now, this was actually a big deal because Helen was right. The HMS Barham did sink, but no one knew that. This was top secret information. The government knew, but they had only told the families of those who died on the ship. So not that many people knew this was not public knowledge. And it wasn't until January 1942 that this information would even be released to the public. So that's like two months later. Wow. Helen, Mm how'd you get this info? I don't know. You know, she's up to shit, baby. She's actually psychic. And, you know, the British government has a lot to worry about because we're fucking fighting Adolf Hitler. Like, there's so much. Japan's involved. Now the U.S. This is crazy. But you know what was a good use of their time? The Navy taking an active interest in Helen. So now they're tracking her. (gasps) Sailors. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, how does she know? You know, like, there's no way she should know. So is she actually psychic? Can we use her as a weapon? Is she lying to us all? What is this? Oh, my gosh. Helen Duncan, World War II super weapon. I know, right? She's a super soldier. (laughs) She parachutes down. Mm -hmm. And they watched her for years. You know, they're like hidden in the shadows, sending people in, watching her every move every once in a while when they can, because, you know, it was an all hands on deck situation with World War II. But two years later, on January 14th, 1944, two lieutenants were among her audience at a seance. One of these was Lieutenant Worth, and he did not enjoy the show. Mostly, he was a skeptic and went to the show with a bad fucking attitude. You know those people. They're all around Mm -hmm. us. We can't Mm -hmm. stop them from their passive-aggressive agenda. (laughs) Helen said something about Lieutenant Worth's deceased auntie, and Lieutenant Worth was like, I don't have an aunt. Like, okay. Oh, chill. Then Helen said something about his deceased sister, and Lieutenant Worth was like, my sister is alive and well. Now, who knows if he was lying? He could have been lying. He might have been telling the truth. We don't really know. But honestly, I do kind of think that's Helen's fault, though. Like, if you're already getting bad attitude from him, you're just trying to go for a gotcha moment. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a little egoy, but then... If the gotcha moment doesn't work, or if they lie to you, you just look like a fucking idiot. Yeah. It's like, yeah, don't be calling on for audience participation from the person whose arms are crossed. Yeah, no. Like, pick the person in the back who's, like, scared their great-grandmama is going to show up or something. Mm -hmm. The woman in black. So many easy targets in this, and she had to choose the worst person. So now, because Lieutenant Worth, thinking Helen was a charlatan who preyed on people's grief was disgusted by the seance. This motherfucker did what we know every white person shouldn't do. He went to the police. (laughs) Mm -mm. And it just spiraled from there. Poor Helen Duncan was sucked into a tube she never wanted (laughs) to go tubing down, unfortunately. So spiritualist mediums have been working across the world for decades at this point. And while the spiritualist society slash the government has been conducting investigations into them periodically, it's mostly at the risk of like public shaming, right? <laughs> like people were just like, loser, yeah, nerd, charlatan. But there wasn't a lot of um, p- 
political or criminal action taken against these people. Helen Duncan was different because of where she was and how she did business. If you go to a psychic today, and Alicia's going to get into this later, you might find some kind of legal language around them that says this sort of stuff is a form of entertainment. Mm -hmm. Because claiming that you have special powers can land your big, beautiful ass in court for fraud. However, in order to be taken to court for fraud, the state has to do one thing, which is prove that there's been harm. And that's why we don't always take people who say that they're the second coming of Christ to jail unless they've started some kind of cult, right? Like cults are usually taken to jail because of like sexual assault or like money stuff, right? It's not because they're claiming to be the son of God. That checks out. That makes sense. Okay. Legally. I love it. When the state starts its investigation into Helen Duncan, that's the direction that they begin in. They're like, people are, you know, we're going to find some people that have been hurt by this. And they take at least 12 victim impact statements, which are long and lengthy. And I've actually read all of them. <laughs> but Scotland, in particular, because Helen Duncan is a Scottish medium, has this little fucking bazooka that they're packing at this time. And it is the Witchcraft Act of 1735. Okay, 1735 versus yes. World War II? Yeah, 1944, okay? Okay, that's... This is 200 years. That's 200. Which states that it is a crime for anyone to claim a human being has magical powers. And at the time, 1735, it was actually a fairly progressive law in the sense that it was supposed to end witchcraft's hysteria in the UK. Because before this act... The law was that there were real witches and they were Satan's emissaries and that we should stomp them to death like a horse. And this new law was meant to say that there are no real witches and that anyone who's accused someone of being a witch or claims to have magical powers is a fraud. Unless, of course, you are clinically insane. So it's kind of like it's pivoting this whole idea that like, Magic is real and Satan is real and these women are trying to abort your babies too. Magic is not real and people are using this whole law for evil. Yeah. Okay? Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. And I also sort of wonder, this wasn't written anywhere, but I also wonder if there's kind of like this uh, stick it to the Pope angle here because like Scotland is a Protestant country and the Pope is a very magical man. He's very magical. Exorcisms? They still do exorcisms. Exactly. Ex they turn wine into flesh. <laughs> it's crazy. They eat babies? They, it's fucking nuts. It's insane over there. So these two avenues become the two tactics for the government to prosecute Helen Duncan. Fraud and other fraud. Okay. Mm -hmm. Spirit fraud and money fraud. But first they have to nab her, right? They gotta get her in the act. They have to prove it. Gotta unmask the monster. They get, yes, they got a Scooby-Doo. It was the minor all this time. <laughs> it was always the minor. And the great thing is that they also have the arresting officer's statement available in all of these court documents, okay? They wrote everything down. The main statement comes from Constable Thomas Cross, who said that he entered, quote, the Master Temple Psychic Center, the church slash 
drugstore where Helen worked out of Portsmouth, Scotland. Church slash drugstore. What a fun little place. It's, you know, it's kind of like whenever you go to a coffee shop, but it's also a plant store, but it's mm-hmm. also like a vegan deli and it's also like a bookstore slash art gallery. The rent was too high back then. Yeah. Eight pounds a month. Oh, crazy. And so he comes in to this uh, Master Temple Psychic Center and Cross has disguised himself as a guest. Okay, we're doing it. We're in it. Got a little mustache, little thick glasses. Unrecognizable. Um, maybe some kind of uh, hijab. I don't know. Some some kind of shawl. He just goes in as a woman. <laughs> Hello. Uh, so the itinerary for the seance is always the same. And that's a really nice thing about Helen is that she is nothing if not organized. And also she does have a gut of steel. So first... <sighs> The guest names are taken as they arrive, okay? So she's like, what's your name? You know, da-da-da-da. What are your hobbies? What's your blood type? Do you have any dead relatives? Um, They don't ask that, but they should. They should. Then the guest names are written onto like these little postcards and then placed on chairs inside the seance space. So when they enter this upstairs private uh, sort of curio meeting center, they're instructed to sit in their assigned chairs. And that's really important. Depending on the number of guests, several are allowed to inspect the space or the, quote, cabinet where Helen is going to be working in. And this cabinet can be like a literal cabinet. Sometimes they would put them inside armoires. Um, But in Helen's case, it's a curtained off section of the room. And there's all this language about why the cabinet is important. I'd really recommend the book The Witch of Lime Street, which follows the life of the medium the spiritualist society could never debunk. It's really interesting. Um, and they actually talk about Helen Duncan in that book as like one of the people that they investigate. Oh, she makes a guest starring appearance. She does. So these men, they investigate the space and then the guests are asked to inspect Helen's clothing that she's going to wear because three women in the audience are going to be asked to accompany Helen's employer, Mrs. Homer, who runs this church slash drugstore <laughs> to a room where they're going to dress Helen Duncan in these same clothes by hand. And yes, Helen is literally sitting. She's waiting butt ass naked in a room alone, waiting for these women to arrive and put on her bra for her. It's kind of insane. Isn't it? It's very artistic. It is. It feels like performance art, to be honest. Yeah. And like, I was thinking about this as I was like uh, going over our research, which is like, it's kind of reminiscent of Inquisitor's searching for witches marks like mm-hmm. in the 1500s right it's like very like you are a vulnerable woman and this has everything to do with like your body like your body has to be inspected Ooh. by other women yeah yeah and it was yeah oof fascinating so then Helen then accompanies these three women and Mrs. Homer back to the seance room right she's never alone mm-hmm where the lights are turned off and a dim red light is turned on. And that's really important because like our eyes, um, I didn't write this down, our eyes accept like tones of blue so much easier than tones of red, right? Because when you look at the blue sky, like our entire atmosphere is like sort of uh, toned with a lot of blue. So then Helen Duncan would sit in her little cabinet behind some curtains and fall into a trance. And again, every time Helen first produces the spirit of Albert, which Alicia was talking about, who's like, he's kind of cheeky, he's kind of flirty, he's funny, he's like sort of like... Oh, we love him. He's crass. Like, he's like he's like the kind of guy you would love to have a drink with, right? Like, he's mm-hmm. got stories. He's like, well, in my time in the Orient. <laughs> and you say... That's racist. Orient. Yeah. 
You can't say that, sir. Uh, And then Albert would usher in the spirits of the dead at like a rapid pace. And many of these encounters seem to be very quick, as if like the longer the spirit were to speak with the participant, the easier it was to dispute that they were who they say they were. So half the time, Mm. it's someone being like, is that you, mother? And then the spirit saying yes, and then disappearing, right? Very swift. That makes sense. And there's like upwards of 20 to 30 people inside these seance chambers. And so it's like they got to, you know, if everybody gets one, Mm -hmm. we're looking at at least 30 minutes. And I'm trying to do a couple of these. Yeah. I got a lot of people to talk to. Yeah. I got a lot of shit to throw up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Eventually, Albert would then pull away to do something else. And this small, sprightly Peggy would reveal herself. And she'd like kind of sing and she'd dance. And she's sort of just like a little flitty little fairy-esque creature. Very cute. Like, kind of played off of, like, these older women's, like, sensibilities of, like, oh, a little child, a dead little girl. Oh, a dead little orphan girl. Oh, it's so, so charming. Uh, just a little, who's the redheaded child? Annie? Yeah, just a little Annie. <laughs> we should adopt her, take her home, teach her to tap dance. It's during this puppetry performance that our government spy, remember, we got Constable Thomas Cross. He is here and he is grabbing. He thinks that it's during all of these little performances that she's putting on that this is the best time to grab his target. In the middle of a show? Yes. I bet he could have just done this afterwards. He, yeah, he could have just been waiting outside. This is so dramatic. Cross describes the sounds like any other, but there's one hitch. He is sat in the second row, not in the first, okay? Mm-hmm. And what's going to make it even harder to get his hands on this psychic is that who is seated in front of him but the woman, Mrs. Homer. Mm, I wonder if they knew this. Like a human shield. I think so. Like he wasn't that in disguise or they just could psychically tell. You could see his badge underneath his his (laughs) tool dress that he's wearing. He just has these like big muscles under like the ruffles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He still has, like, the shitty, like, 1970s, like, police mustache, but he's put, like, uh, lipstick on. Oh, no. He shaved the mustache, but the rest of his face is tan. So you just see, like, a white (laughs) mark where this mustache used to be. Yeah. It's, like, scruffy. Like, he did it yesterday. (laughs) He was like, no one will know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I believe it. Uh, Okay. And then remember, these spirit visitations are rapid fire, okay? So, like, the spooky weak voices like these this is fast you gotta be really like in the moment you gotta be like now Mm -hmm. get her a spooky weak voice would come through the cloth a woman who died early and mrs homer would ask the audience to claim the spirit and then someone would say is that you auntie and then the cheesecloth spirit would then come through ever so slightly behind the curtain and reply yes and disappear right so he's thinking when this spirit comes out that's what i gotta I got to get him. This, I got I choked this It bitch. doesn't even make sense. Cross waits for a particularly chatty ghost, and he gets one. <gasps> and the court documents only say that it is the spirit of a man. It is so vague, and I can only assume that this beautiful twink was a chit-chatting oh, all day and all night. He had lots of things to talk about. So Cross leaps up. He flips Mrs. Homer's chair in front of oh him, my God. launches her. Into the air. Oh, so she's like a little potato getting thrown. Yeah. Lit- fucking poof. And then grabs the spirit by the neck. He's got a teammate that turns up in the in the background of this whole scenario, turns on the light, 
flings open the curtain, and there she is, Mrs. Helen Duncan. And this bit of cheesecloth on her arm is just a little sock puppet that she made. Genius. As Kermit the Frog. Puppetry. It's Miss Piggy. It's... <laughs> the twink was Miss Piggy all along. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course it was. Oh, my God. It's Miss Piggy, but it is also Miss Piggy doing a Christmas carol. <laughs> so she's like in... Oh, so good. I love that movie. That's a good movie. That's a classic. All right. Helen Duncan is in jail. And the public loves it. Right? Oh, I don't know. They loved her. They did love her. And they love spiritualists. And they love seances. And it's just a bunch of these, like, I don't know, shitty, like, straight-laced, tight-tied, cigar-wielding men that seem to not like them. Yeah, a bunch of skeptics, like, really bringing down the mood for everyone. Yeah, it's like, don't kink shame me. I like vomit. <laughs> I'm doing something good, yeah. And there is genuinely a lot of blowback from this rest because spiritualism is really popular with a lot of Scottish citizens of all social classes. So this, like, this crosses the very poor to the very rich. And there's a lot of suffering right now because it is World War II, like, we only had Nazis the first time. This mm -hmm. is new and it's terrifying. Now we're like, this is old hack and you're embarrassing. Yeah. So seeing a medium who seems to confirm that all of this suffering is like for the greater good and it is like that there is this better place afterwards is really comforting for the public. And the public is like, do not ruin this for us. When you could be bombed any day now. Yeah. It'd be nice to know. Great, if I die tomorrow, I'll be reunited with all the people I love. Mm -hmm. Oh, But police officers are such wet blankets. People also see spiritualism as a religious institution at this time. The Master Temple Psychic Center was registered legally as a church, and a lot of people, predominantly women, write to their local officials demanding that Helen Duncan be set free on the grounds of religious freedom. They sign petitions. Oh, I love that. Women. Women getting together, banding together, a whole Barbie situation. Yeah. They're like, you gave us the right to vote, and now it's, there's hell to pay. Now it's over for you. And something that I suspect is at play is that the main patrons of spiritualist mediums were women and the elderly. And these people are sort of seen as like, Silly, like simple-minded, like easily taken advantage of, especially the elderly who are at high risk even today for scammers and fraud. And there is this kind of social layer of judgment that if you're taken for a ride, like you're taken advantage of, it's kind of your fault for being gullible. You know, it's like, you know, what mm -hmm. are we going to do? It's kind of like that whole argument of like, well, you're going to get mad at a dog if they like steal your steak off your plate. You know, it's like... It's a very strange dynamic going on at this time. Yeah. I feel like that still trickles into today's time. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm the one who will judge you if you get scammed repeatedly by a psychic con artist. Tara's more understanding. I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I do dumb shit on the dailies, <laughs> and I'm still a good person. <laughs> but also, I don't know. Take the money. No, please don't. Uh, Helen Duncan is taken to court. No. And I read, Baby Witches, oh, how I read, 276 pages of material on this case 
I had to get a National Archive of the United Kingdom like pro- uh, profile account. I had to give them my email. Oh man! So I could get access. That means you're getting spam. Oh, I mean, speaking about fraud and scammers, <laughs> I'm getting called by the the MS Foundation asking for digits. Anyway, and I have to say, in nearly every newspaper clipping, 276. Nearly every newspaper clipping available to me, Helen Duncan is described as such. Helen Duncan, 20 stones, medium. What does that mean? Is that? Her weight. Your weight is in stones? Okay. I want to weigh 20 stones. That sounds snatched. (laughs) Yeah. She's she's squashed, stretched. She's clipped. If I can hold 20 stones, like I can weigh 20 stones. That sounds great. Yes, 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 yes. So I I transitioned it into like our American pounds. So she is like 280 pounds. But I was looking at pictures of women that are 280 pounds. And I was like, yeah, they, I mean, she looked like a nurse. Like she mm-hmm. just like looked like, you know. She just looked like a, a well-fed old lady. Yeah. I felt like by American standards right now, that's really not that bad. No. And I don't know. If you're just calling it 20 stones, like, yes, mama. 20 stones. You and I, we're like nine stones. Not nine stones? I'm going to fucking fly out of here. Yeah, you are full. You are like going to get taken by a parakeet. Oh, no. <laughs> a parakeet. <laughs> the state brings 12 different witness statements from former servicemen to widows. And the prosecution then asks for the witness statements of her spirit guides. They're like, inviting to the stand. Welcome to the stage. Albert. <laughs> and this report reads, these are these are the people what? that are called to the stand and don't show up. Albert, the boss guide, they call him. Doesn't she need to trance and then like bring him in? Yeah. She, Isn't this a whole like theatrical show that needs to happen? She's like, I can't, I can't do it unless there's a red light and my husband's flicking my bean. <laughs> Peggy, who they revealed to be a stocking taped to a woman's vest. What? Like, as a puppet, do you put a hand in there? Like, yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand. Okay. Or a leg. Or like, Peggy's just the leg. One leg. Yeah. She's one sexy leg asking to hitchhike. Um, Cheng, the Chinaman, which oh. is just yikes. We didn't even talk about that. Mm. An unnamed guide who dangled a 20-inch long mustache in the air. Rambita, the red Indian guide. Ooh, yikes again. And the dead parakeet named Dear Old Bronco that flew around the seance room piping, pretty boy, pretty boy. Well, he sounds like a good witness. <laughs> Out of all he's of got, them. He's got the confessions. He's got things to say. So I want to read from one of these newspaper articles mm-hmm. about this whole like calling the spirit guides to the stand. There was a hush in the old Bailey yesterday when Mrs. Helen Duncan, 20 stones, yes, medium, Mama. <laughs> charged under the Witchcraft Act, offered to produce there a ghost named Albert tomorrow or on Thursday. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know when. Whenever he shows up, he's busy. The lawyer did not propose to call Mrs. Duncan to give evidence. He said she would be willing to proffer herself or produce the form or voice of her spirit guide, Albert, All she needed was a bare room with a small curtain off and a red light. And the court was like, nah, bitch, what the (laughs) fuck? Are you stupid? 
you know what? She's got to try. <laughs> you know, you she's can't like, blame a bitch for trying. She's like, okay, I'll produce the ghost if you give me a one-way ticket to Albuquerque, New Mexico, and um, $5,000 in cash, and... Uh, and a burner and a phone. Cash. Yeah. Yeah, and a burner phone, <laughs> and, and uh, the number of a great plastic surgeon. Mm, delicious. All right. To no one's... A uh, surprise. After much deliberation, the Scottish judicial system tippy-taps its little gavel, its little toy hammer, and says, guilty. Imagine they're probably just high-fiving each other. They're like, damn, we got her, dude. We fucking got yeah, her. Yeah, the fucking shaking hands. She had no chance. Look at how good we are. We are so cool. <laughs> we fucking did it. I knew Remember? it. Remember? Remember when we asked her to bring the ghost? Yeah, she couldn't. Like, that fucking idiot. <laughs> All right, I'm going to quote from the Donnelly Herald. Victoria Helen Duncan, the medium who gave hundreds of her disciples an eight pound per seance, which is like 500 US dollars today. Oh, that's an expensive show. Yeah. A preview into life after death is now in hospital bed at Holloway Jail. This 46-year-old woman was sentenced at the Old Bailey yesterday to nine months imprisonment for conspiring to contravene the Witchcraft Act. For seven days, Mrs. Duncan, 20 stones, mother of Ted. <laughs> mother of Ted? Oh, it jumped. She got busy. She keeps having babies. Oh. That's, that's what all the stones are. Yeah. Had walked the corridor of the Old Bailey on her way to court room number four. As she waddled her way to face the huge jury, women threw their arms around her, kissed her, sobbed over her, and blessed her in whispering voices. When the judge told her that she was to go to jail for nine months, she sobbed, she moaned, she groaned, and then she collapsed on the floor, hat off her head, her fur coat flapping round her as prison matrons and three other defendants helped to raise her to her feet. So this is a lot of language. Waddling, flapping, groaning, mm -hmm. moaning, like we get it. She's a mess. Yeah. Petitions are signed, appeals denied, and I want to end this section on one thing. Which is to remind you of Henry Duncan, her husband of nearly 20 years, sticks by his wife through this whole ordeal. And he writes the government over and over. Like, if you go into the National Archives of the UK, you see all of these handwritten, lengthy letters, like multiple pages, asking for appeals. And, like, they're really heartbreaking, like, asking them to think of her ailing heart that he has known her and cherished her his whole life mm -hmm. and that, quote, Christ had taught us that our loved ones are still with us in spirit and that Helen was a woman giving many the courage, solace, and comfort of that knowledge to the public. So, like, there is this kind of, like, you know, if you don't respect spiritualism as a religion, like, maybe you respect the fact that it is also attached to Christian doctrine, mm -hmm. right? It's really sad, and I feel really bad for him. That is beautiful. And he was also raising 10 kids on his own? Exactly. He was probably like, please bring me my wife. Please oh my help me. I don't know how to make lean cuisine. Please right. help. In a culture where you can't divorce. like, But it's good he was even trying to do the appeals and wasn't like, let me just get another, like a mistress. Let me just get another one. Yeah. Let me try again. Helen became the last person in history to be prosecuted under the Witchcraft Act of 1735. And this act, as Tara already mentioned, has not really been used for more than a century. So they just used it on Helen. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, 
it's like in the archives. No one's thinking about this. Maybe like a college student learning law and they're like, oh, interesting. No one's actively putting people in jail for this. As a result from Helen's case, the Witchcraft Acts were finally repealed in 1951 because there was some blowback and that's not a good thing. And so, you know, the Witchcraft Act, this specific one was there to help protect the people. But then if you're still sending someone to jail and people hate you for sending them to jail, it's just a messy situation over here. Mm -hmm. And they're like, we just need to get rid of this altogether. A formal act of parliament three years later officially recognized spiritualism as a religion because there was this growing movement too. Oh, wow. So that all kind of fed into each other. And so it's like, okay, well, if these people want to believe that there are people who can talk to fucking ghosts and they want to give their money to them, fine. Maybe that's part of their religious beliefs. Helen Duncan was released from prison on September 22nd, 1944. However, the harassment from the haters and the skeptics continued right up until her death. Aww. I know. In November 1956, so 12 years later, the police raided a private seance in Nottingham in an attempt to prove fraud. So a seance that Helen was leading. Apparently, Helen's witchy tricks had become better because the police couldn't find any evidence of fraud. Boom, bitch, gotcha. And maybe it was due to the sign that hung on the door that said, for entertainment purposes only. She fucking learned. You can't get me. I'm an actor. These people know what they're signing up for. Exactly. Five weeks later, on December 6, 1956, the woman who will always be remembered as the last witch of Scotland passed away. Aw. Rest in peace. sad. Rest in peace. That's not very old. How old is she? I think she was like 56 or something. It was not very old. She was in her 50s. I know. So let's bring it to these days, to even finding out information about Helen Duncan. So as you baby witch know, because we've talked about it so often on our podcast, and if you're joining us for the first time, welcome aboard, baby. Oh my God, you look so cute. Oh my gosh. We love having you here. But we know that throughout Europe and the United States, there has been a push to pardon people who were accused and tried as witches under witchcraft acts. And that has been what Helen's descendants and supporters have been working on for decades since her death. So it is a different witchcraft act, but it's still a witchcraft act. So why this even came into my periphery at all is because we've had, you know, the Connecticut exoneration. We've been talking about Scottish witches And so they kind of snuck in there and they were like, hey, what about Helen Duncan, who might be a fraud, but shouldn't have had to go to jail over it when she wasn't like psychic scamming people of like $20,000 per session. Yeah. And like not being like sign over the deed to your fucking house. Right. Mm -hmm. Or being or like ruining people's reputations. Like I'm thinking about Anne Odelia Distabar over here, like starting a fucking sex cult. Yeah, just slutting around the United States, scamming everyone left and right. And then they made a petition. They put it through the Scottish Parliament. And in 2008, the Scottish Parliament rejected the petition to pardon her. What? Mm-hmm. Graham Hewitt, who was fighting the case on behalf of Helen's grandchildren to clear Helen's name, said... She was tried under an old piece of legislation that shouldn't have been used at the time, and advice had been issued by the director of public prosecutions that alternatives were available. 
Winston Churchill even described the whole episode as obsolete tomfoolery in a memo to the then Home Secretary, Herbert Morrison. Which, can I take a second, like, all this shit is going on with Helen Duncan, and they're like, we should let the Prime Minister know, Mr. Churchill know, alcoholic extraordinaire, during World War II, that this woman is doing seances and people are willingly going to her to see ghosts that aren't actually there. And Churchill's like, obsolete tomfoolery, dude. Why are you wasting my fucking time? Yeah, get out of my fucking house. I just, he must have been so annoyed. Yeah, I'm like, I'm trying to kill Hitler right now. Like some intern must have been fired that day. Like (laughs) there's no way that didn't have devastating effects on the people around him. But I also love that it's like, it's not just one intern. Mm -hmm. It's not even five interns. It's got to be a whole chain of command that was like, well, I got to take this to my manager. (laughs) I got to take this to like the district manager. I got to take this to the regional. It just kept going up. Yeah. Ridiculous, dude. Obama has to hear about this. like, (laughs) And he did. Now, I don't know if Obama heard about it, but. The Criminal Cases Review Commission of Scotland, to this day, refuses to reopen the case as they say it's not in the public interest. To which, it obviously is in the public's interest if everyone else is being pardoned under the Witchcraft Acts, except poor Helen. Even if she did do the crime, why did she have to do the time? It's just not often that you get such a special place like Scotland that is willing to prosecute these things, and they seem particularly defensive about it. Yeah. Which I don't understand. It's probably because they thought they did such a good job. They were like, we got her. And they still remember that. They were like, the one time we had it together, you guys. Do you remember that Helen Duncan case? No, it was very interesting in, like, some of my research, and there wasn't a good place to put it, but a lot of women went to Helen Duncan's shows because they were like particularly moved by how powerful she could be in such like a powerless scenario. Mm-hmm. Like she's being used to channel these spirits. She's literally blindfolded. Mm-hmm. And yet there was something very powerful to these women about seeing another woman in that, but yet being able to be this like medium between the two worlds. Wow. And it really like gripped women at the time who were like, wow we do have this power inside of us. Like, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that how it spoke to different women and, you know, the elderly. They loved it too. They just wanted to talk to people though. They're chatty. It was just like a little phone, yeah. All my friends are dead. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true too that it's like, um, that at this time, so the the Blitz happened in like 1940, right? And that's where Mm -hmm. London is just like, burn to the ground like there's no more London mm-hmm. anywhere and to watch such destruction and like you're just watching your sons and your brothers leave and, and never not come, come back. back like it to feel so small and then to see this woman who is like so vulnerable like she's naked in front of you and mm-hmm. putting on you're putting on her clothes and she trusts you and it creates like this you know I think I wrote this and then deleted it, but I was kind of like, what are other things that like move us that are illusions? And I was thinking like, 
theater, plays, movies, like campfire stories, like uh, fiction, beautiful fiction novels, like poems. And in some way, seances are very similar to all of those things, you know? Mm -hmm. They are like so deeply moving and change us and move us and and shift us in, in all these different directions. And that direction is always hope and empathy. Yeah. Right? And of course, it's men who come in who demolish it all with Helen Duncan. Mm-hmm. All right. We've been Helen Duncan on Scotland for a while, but we need to migrate to which is in the news. You know who migrates as well? Who? A, a little birdie told me, which is in the news. Boom. Which is in the news? How many times can we say which is in the news? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they get it. Do you guys know it's, it's time? The news bulletin is out. <laughs> it's news is about witches. It's the sandwich. We do the content. We do the spell. The news is in the middle. Um, delicious. And we're heading over to Ireland with the witches of Island McGee. What a silly name. It's Island McGee or my Island McGee, and I decided I like McGee better. Look <laughs> at Nanny McPhee over here, like this silly ass name. Let's change it. Like, you guys are okay. Whatever. I love it. On the island called Island McGee, in Ireland, there's a lot of eyes in the sentence. Back in the year 1711, go back into the year 1711, there's an island off of Ireland, Island McGee. <laughs> a young woman named Mary Dunbar said she was bewitched. She would have fits, very a la Salem witch trials. She accused eight women and one man of bewitching her. The women Mary accused were in a lower social class than her. Very classic. Of course, she's taking advantage of these, like, women. A few had some deformities, pockmarked skin, basically what the average 1700s person would think when they thought of witches. The eight women and the one man, the one man was married to one of the women, were found guilty of witchcraft and became known as the Island McGee Witches. They were all sentenced to a year in jail. Hopping over to March of 2022, those labeled the Witches of Island McGee have been given a plaque by the city commemorating them and the injustice that occurred to them. The plaque lists each person by name, which is great. It's a good start. And although creating a plaque in memory of the deceased victims is amazing because we weren't talking about them beforehand, Ireland and Island McGee have not yet officially pardoned these accused witches. And as we know, as more and more accused witches are being pardoned throughout the world, the story of the witches of Island McGee is resurfacing to continue the conversation. And hopefully one day we can do better by these people and actually have them pardoned. Come on, guys, it's not that hard. What are we waiting for? Let's email some people. Let's let's call some local officials. Yeah, apparently they wanted to put on the plaque that these people were innocent, but someone nixed it because they were like, well, we don't have the right to say that they were innocent. Like, it has to go above us to say. And it's like, come on. Come on. Let's get real. Like, fuck you guys. The government is made up anyway. You're on an island called Island McGee. (laughs) You make your own rules. It's not a real place. There are no adults here. Y'all are children. (laughs) It's actually Lord of the Flies. (laughs) And that's why everything went down the way it did. All right, next story. We have a child witches report from Nigeria. The report said from 2003 to 2023, 
20 years for this report, 8,000 children accused of being witches have been rescued, rehabilitated, and reunited with their families in Aqua Ibom, Nigeria. The Child Rights Rehabilitation Network disclosed this information in early July. According to the Child Rights Rehabilitation Network, about 15 vulnerable children had since graduated from higher education institutions, Mm. which we love that, that. including 20 from College of Education and 25 children are currently at various stages in some institutions within the state. Institutions meaning a learning institution. That's amazing. It is. It's so good. They have credited the support from good-spirited individuals, companies, NGOs, and even the Department of State Services for being instrumental in the protection of vulnerable children. The Child's Rights Rehabilitation Network has said that their work is not yet over and listed the challenges facing the children to include sexual abuse and torture. Like, this is still happening to kids. Mm -hmm. They're still finding kids. They haven't fixed the problem yet. But they are focusing on education for the children as the center of their mission. But they do call upon more assistance from local societies and governments at all levels. So, great, 8,000 kids have been rescued and, like, provided a home, shelter. When they could be reunited with their families, they have been. But it's still, like, an ongoing issue, Mm -hmm. which is the sad part. Mm -hmm. And I know we're just, like... We know this. We've listened to the podcast. But still good to just, you know, be aware. Yeah. In the time that we've been doing this podcast for five years, like in that time, like this means that thousands of children have been displaced. Yeah. And are are at risk and are vulnerable. Mm. I know. And it sucks. It's stupid. But we should keep talking about it. And baby witches, you should tell everybody that, that you know. That yeah. these, these kids are, that this stuff is happening to them. It's mm-hmm. important. It's real. And yeah. something can be done. Yeah. And that you know you can be a witch in the United States, but being a witch in other places is still very scary. Yeah. All right. In our last story, we are changing the vibe up because we were talking about larger than life Halloween decorations. Oh, it's just a couple months away. Dude, it's three months away. Ah! And even though we're all going as Barbie and Ken, like, come on, what else would we go as for Halloween? It is time to start planning how you are going to decorate your home for Halloween. And just to mentally prep y'all, this news story is more for like the homeowners or home renters out there. I'm thinking yards, you know, who has a yard? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you think Halloween, you think Spirit Halloween store? No. Party City? No. Baby, you think... Lowe's Home Improvement. Wait, that's, that's Home, Home Depot. De- wrong. <laughs> Competitor. Because what has toilet seats, gaudy chandeliers, and Halloween decorations? Lowe's. You can't get all of that from a spirit Halloween store. You could try. You can try, but it's not going to work. This year, Lowe's has launched some larger-than-life Halloween decorations, including animatronic clowns and witches. We all remember... That sexy 12-foot skeleton, because we call him daddy. But now we have the seven-foot light-up witch. She slays, wearing a ghostly white getup, looking into the souls of trick-or-treaters with her glowing eyes and moving her bony jaw as she cackles and harasses anyone who passes her by. (laughs) 
And if the witch is not scary enough for you, you can go with her taller cousin, who is absolutely terrifying, so scary, dressed in a blood-spattered costume and smeared circus makeup, Stitches the Clown stands at 8.6 feet tall. Stitches? Stitches. Bitches get stitched. No, snitches get stitches, but so do bitches sometimes. Yeah. And witches have been known to give stitches. For snitches. Who stitch. And stitches. Yes. His eyes glow, head turns, and both his head and mouth move to tell creepy jokes, which I'm imagining... That these jokes are sexual because I'm just very uncomfortable by this whole situation. He's hiding anything underneath that get up. I believe he's, you're probably passing him and he's like, oh, you should be smiling more, pretty lady. Like, that's what I imagine. (laughs) You know who else was a clown? Serial sexual predator John Wayne Gacy. Was he a clown or did he like drawing clowns? No, he was a clown. Oh, well. Terrifying. I know. That's so scary, dude. I fucking hate it. Okay, so if Stitches the Clown is too scary for you because he is too scary for me, they also have a 24-inch golden retriever wearing a ghost costume and holding a jack-o'-lantern in its mouth. (laughs) And he is very cute. Oh, my God. But despite the excessive heat waves happening throughout the world, Halloween is just around the corner. And y'all can have something you can look forward to. Start planning it now. August is when I start to get spooky. I'm I want to get spooky now. I'm over it. Oh, I mean, I'm down for it's it. It's been hot for like one week here, and I'm like, let's move on, please. <laughs> She's like, give me that crispy, those crispy leaves. I'm like, mm, anything. And this has been Witches in the News. Oh my gosh, what a wonderful update! Thank you for topical, charming, elegant, vivacious diva mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, as you work, 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 you might be thinking, I've been working so long. Have I made any progress? Have I grown? So hard. (laughs) What is all of this worth? And let me tell you, because Baby Witch, we're going right to the spell. And that spell is a ritual for growth by Nikki Vandekar. Okay, Vicky. So I was gifted this book called Potions, A Guide to Cocktails by my favorite witchy mama, Leah Ingerman. Oh, cute. This past winter, and it is beautifully illustrated by this artist named Anna Gaudiasi, and introduced me to so many interesting place and bake edible spells. Like, it is so cute, and it takes so little work. Most of it is you put something in a jar, and you put it away, and in two weeks, you can put it in a cocktail. Oh. But alongside cocktails and tinctures and all these other weird little jams... Uh, mm-hmm. each series has a section for rituals. So I'd like to share one with you today called A Ritual for Growth. And I'm going to paraphrase it because it's quite long. So here's what you need. An outdoor space that you feel comfortable in. A piece of paper, a pencil, and then some kind of anointing oil. So Nikki Vanderkar recommends using one of the tinctures in her book, which are all very good and great. Um, especially if you're trying to like put your growth in a particular direction. But also store-bought is fine. First thing you're going to do, Cleansing ground, bitch. Fucking take a bath. Take a shower. You gotta do it. Wash your face. Every time. When the time is right, find a nice quiet place in your garden, in a park, or with a potted plant. Take a bit of that anointing oil or one of Nikki's tinctures and anoint yourself at the top of your head. That's like where your crown chakra is. 
all the way down through your chakras, hitting them one by one. And if you subscribe to another system of energies or you don't feel comfortable using the language of chakras, just think you're hitting your forehead, your throat, your heart, your tummy, all the way down to your base. Um, But don't put the tincture in your asshole. And don't put it in your <laughs> pussy because I don't know what that's going to fucking do to you. Okay? I'm not a doctor. Don't do no, it. We're not. All right. Now that you smell good and you're covered in oil mm, and you're in a public place. Slippery. Uh, close your eyes and align yourself. Okay? Take a few deep breaths. Feel your feet connected to the ground. And Nikki says, as if two ropes were pulling down through your arches, anchoring you. Feel your heart lifted up as if your chest were filled with helium. Feel a third string pull from the top of your head, raising you up. And she says, somehow you are not being pulled apart. These are opposing forces, but all support you. You're being elevated like a, like a beautiful human marionette. Mm-hmm. Now keep your eyes closed, and I want you to slowly pivot your body 45 degrees to the left, okay? So it's like you're just taking a left turn. Spend some time here. And then pivot again. So now you're facing opposite to your original position. Pivot again to your left. Spend time and then pivot one more time. But keep your eyes closed. This is why you have to feel safe in this environment. I get it. You cannot be in Prospect Park where you could be abducted at any moment. Keep your eyes closed and recognize that you are back at your starting position. Now pivot to the right 45 degrees. And think of yourself as like cycling through the cardinal directions okay so we're going back around one two three and then a fourth time you're back in the direction you started but are you open your eyes and nikki says you aren't back where you started not exactly right like you're in a maybe you're not perfectly pointed north maybe you're not perfectly pointed at your begonias every step we take is a journey that brings us somewhere new And this is always true. Even when we feel like we're repeating the same mistakes or simply living the same day over and over, we are always growing, always changing. And finally, Nikki asks us to contemplate growth. Take your piece of paper and pencil and write down some kind of question, mantra, or goal that supports you in this growth. Dig a little hole in the ground or even in your little potted plant and put your paper inside that little dookie hole and cover it up. (laughs) And she says, it will be there, held by Mama Earth, supporting you as you grow. And what really struck me about this ritual was that we often think about growth as a continuous upward trajectory, right? We're going towards the sun. True. Mm-hmm. But even plants grow in all directions, especially in secret ways beneath the earth. And I think that we are all growing up and down and out in all these ways that we don't know or can't acknowledge. And I just found that to be so beautiful, right? I really like this spell. Isn't it cute? Yeah. What a good message. Thank you. Well, thank Nikki. So again, I'd like to say that this is potions, a guide to cocktails, tinctures, and tisanes. I don't know what that word is. I probably said it wrong. And other witchy concoctions by Nikki Vanderkar. Thank you. And thank you, Nikki. That's a good one. And we have a few more people we'd like to thank. We'd like to thank our producer, Marcel Perez, our creative director, Mallory Porter, and Kevin McLeod, who is the artist behind the music in our intro and outro. I'd also really like to thank anyone who's written an Apple podcast review or subscribed to our channels on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Baby witches, I beg you, 
We are she within begs. five. We are within five reviews of finally beating my friend's ass at having more Apple Podcast reviews than him. So please go to Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, write something, write anything. It costs you nothing and it means everything to us. It means everything to you. I have a person. I need this. She really, come on, guys. If you're not going to donate to her registry, like, just give us an Apple podcast review that's positive. It has to be positive. If you want to find me, Alicia, I'm on Instagram at Alicia period herder. If you want to find Tara. If you want to find me, I'm on Instagram at her lovely face. That's my art Instagram. And again, you're going to see me in Dallas first week of October. Oh, yeehaw, baby. We are on Instagram at which, yes, share an episode in your stories. Tag us. We'll feature you in our stories. We always like to see you there. You can also join our Discord server. You can find that in our show notes. Ask any question you like about witchcraft. There are people who want to help you. It's a community and mm-hmm. it's beautiful. And if you don't like any of the socials, you can always contact us via email at witchyespodcast at gmail.com, which most people don't. And that's fine. That's okay. Reading emails is hard sometimes. But it's there for you if you want to. It is. And if you want extra good good, Tara, where should they go? Baby witches, you need to get on our Patreon. $5 Patreon witches and above are getting two extra episodes a month, which makes this a weekly podcast. If Alicia and I end up in the hospital and we cannot record, you know who gets a recording? (laughs) Patreon. It's It's $5. You could not possibly listen to all of this content at once. It's obscene. You would have to shit or sleep at some point. Your family Mm -hmm. would be worried about you. We have almost 100 extra episodes. Movies. We have videos. We have uh, crazy questions. All of our Patreon listeners get to ask us questions because they know what episode is coming up next. Plus, they get early access to all kinds of cool stuff, merch, um, episode titles, etc. So head over to our Patreon. We love it there. And we love them more. And that's, you know, you always have to pick a favorite child. Yeah, and it's pretty easy because this child pays us. (laughs) and i love you and i love this and i love this podcast me too love 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 summer of love and this has been which Which, yes and that's kind of it that's kind of all of it isn't it that's the vibe yo that's the vibe and alicia's guy gets to dinner so we're going